Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, August 5th, and this is your FT News Briefing. A massive blast in Beirut kills dozens of people and injures scores more. A reporter is there as events have been unfolding. An ETF now has more gold than a big central bank. Empty theme parks lead to an ugly quarter for Disney. And why is the UK going after General Electric? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. We begin with that news out of Beirut. That's the sound of an explosion at the port in Lebanon's capital yesterday, which left dozens of people dead and thousands injured. Everything shook. So the whole building that I was in was shaking. I thought that it was an earthquake or or some kind of like really big car bomb nearby. The FT's Chloe Cornish is based a few miles from the blast site, and we spoke right after it happened. Buildings have just had the whole front of them shattered, like balconies have fallen in, people's doors and windows have been ripped out, cars are just destroyed in the street because of all of the falling debris, and people have been trapped in the rubble. Chloe, I'm so glad you're okay. No, I mean, it's fine. Like, it, it, I, I'm, I, am, I am really okay, like, compared to a lot of other people. Like, there's really, apart from having no back window, I've got friends in hospital and stuff, like, it's... It's okay. What did you do next? Did you talk with anyone? Where did you go? You know, I went out and to see what was going on with my neighbors. One of one of my neighbors just said she's probably in her early 40s and she's lived through like a whole civil war and then a whole series of political assassinations that happened by car bomb and and so on. And so for people in Beirut, this wasn't initially I think a lot of people felt like this was could be a start of a war, or it could be, there was all sorts of things that were going through people's minds because they've lived through so much here. There's there's all these, this deep trauma in the city that was suddenly like reactivated in that moment um, when this explosion happened. Right, and, and Chloe, this comes at a particularly bad time for Lebanon. Yeah, Lebanon is going through a horrible economic crisis, um, overlapping monetary, fiscal, and currency crises. Um, and initial indications are that the port has sustained incredibly serious damage. This is a huge blow for a country that was already economically crippled, a country that completely depends on imports. Uh, it was also happened next to a, a, a grain silo, um, so we're not sure what's happened to the grain in the silo. We also don't know what kind of pollutants might now be in the air because the interior minister has linked this blast to chemicals, um, dangerous chemicals that were being stored at the port. So we also don't know like whether or not that stuff's now circulating in the air. Disney's earnings for the quarter that ended June 27th were expected to be bad, and they were. After the bell yesterday, the company reported total revenues dropping 42% year-over-year to nearly $12 billion. Disney's business is driven by blockbuster movies and its theme parks and are taking huge hits with the ongoing coronavirus pandemic which is keeping millions of its customers at home. The theme park revenue dropped a whopping 85% in the quarter. There was one bright spot amid all the minuses, Disney Plus, its new video streaming service. It has more than 60 million subscribers. And here's an interesting effect from this year's rally in gold prices. 
an exchange-traded fund now owns more gold than some central banks. SPDR, or Spider Gold Shares, is somewhat unusual in that it owns physical gold, kept in vaults in London, rather than just buying gold derivatives. The ETF is an easy way for investors to buy gold, and buy they certainly have, with the fund up about 30% this year amid pandemic uncertainty and worries that fiscal stimulus will lead to inflation. All that buying means the fund has to purchase more physical gold, and now it has more on hand than the central banks of Japan and India. The price for a troy ounce topped a record $2,000 yesterday. And here's a story you should know more about. General Electric is in the crosshairs of the UK's tax authority, HM Revenue and Customs. It's suing GE over fraud allegations. It says the company owes $1 billion in back taxes stemming from a controversial transaction 15 years ago. If HMRC succeeds, it'll be one of the biggest single wins for the tax authority against a global company. Here to explain more about why HMRC is accusing General Electric of fraud is the FT's tax and accountancy correspondent, Tabby Kinder. Hi, Tabby. Hi, Mark. So, Tabby, what exactly is HMRC alleging here? HMRC has alleged that General Electric fraudulently obtained a tax advantage in the UK by failing to disclose documents that showed a transaction that they were doing. So HMRC, back in 2005, cleared General Electric to execute this series of loans all around the world. And it said under this agreement that GE did not violate UK tax laws. 15 years later, HMRC says it has new information that shows it believes that G misled it about the transaction, which was actually a circular piece of clever financing to lower its tax bills in the UK. What has GE said in response to these allegations? General Electric, unsurprisingly, are vigorously refuting HMRC's allegations. They say that they didn't mislead HMRC during the 2005 negotiations. They said they were clear about the financing that they were doing and that they have evidence that they will bring to trial that shows that HMRC knew exactly what they were doing when they cleared this agreement. Part of the interesting element here is that HMRC has asked GE to provide some of this detail. So it looks like perhaps HMRC's record keeping of 15 years ago isn't quite as good as it it could have been. So why are the stakes so high for GE? A billion dollars, I mean, is, is a massive amount of money by anyone's standards. But once upon a time, companies saw big litigation, regulatory fines as a cost of doing business. But General Electric has had several years of losses. It relies on lots of different business sectors, including aviation, for example, things that have been really affected by coronavirus. And so now isn't a time they are wanting to to part with, you know, at least a billion dollars in a really high profile case. So if this case does go to trial, it'll happen around October time next year. What happens then? If I understand this correctly, it's not just GE that's under scrutiny here. Yeah, not just GE is involved here because PwC, so the big four global accounting firm, hired about 700 General Electric tax employees back in 2017. So long after the deal in question had been completed. But it effectively means that now PwC employs all of the individuals who 
are effectively accused of, of carrying out this fraud, of, of misleading HMRC back in 2005. So it's possibly uncomfortable for PwC in that respect. PwC are also interestingly representing General Electric during the trial. They're defending them. Can you put this all in context for me? I mean, I mean, we're talking about a specific case here, but if you boil it down, what could this mean for how tax avoidance is handled in the UK going forward? Realistically, this shows HMRC becoming bolder, and it could be the start of a more aggressive and, and tax policy for going after big corporate multinational companies in the UK. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.